This is episode six. Somehow at the end of the regular season of the Keith Ergo Show, your inside look at Fordham men's basketball recording here in between a win at home over Rhode Island and a road trip to George Mason and then a regular season-ending home game with Duquesne. Another sellout coming at the Rose Hill Gym for that one. The Rams right now 23-6. and Their 11 Atlantic 10 wins are a program record. Coach, as always, great to hang out. Congratulations on the weekend win. And I can't believe we're at the finish line almost here. This is crazy. Incredible. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for having us on again. And um, just really want to give a quick shout out to um, to Andrew O'Connell, who, who started this up uh, in, uh, several weeks ago. And as we finish the regular season here, appreciate all those involved in the show. And, and then, um, you know, give a an extreme shout out to the Rose Thrill and the Shirtless Herd, man, because every time we jump on here, we have to acknowledge the fact that they are bringing some energy that is unlike any other time at Fordham. And then I don't think they quite comprehend the difference it makes. It is a world of difference, especially in late February and early March when you need every ounce of energy because you're dragging a little bit, you're hurt, you're sore. And it's tough to win games late in February and early March because you know, it's, it's hard to, it's been a long year. It's been a long season. Um, and and you, you see teams in late February really fold too often. Um, but with those types of crowds and the student body behind us, it's given us the extra push we've needed in the last few home games. And, you know, last one coming up this Saturday, we're not going to look forward to that right now, but just as far as our fan base is concerned, I'm hoping that it's the most raucous in the history of this building. And quite honestly, we're going to need it because that team is a very, very potent offensive team. Um, but that's for this weekend. So anyway, thanks again for having me and you know, appreciate well, thanks it. For, thanks for having me more importantly. And I got to, you know, just I'm, along those lines, I was at Saturday's game as a fan. First time I wasn't working a, a home game since Rose Thrill really was born. And we're walking up from the parking lot and I see this never ending line of students yeah. waiting to get into the gym, which I, you know, and normally before the game, I'm already inside watching you steal your diet Coke pregame. So <laughs> I, I, steal this, it. I, I that. know, I know <laughs> stealing. A $5 uh, bottle of 16 ounce diet Coke. <laughs> I give a $2 tip every time. <laughs> so I see this line of kids and I go like, okay, they're, this is great. They're waiting to get in. I walk inside and the student section is already full. The kids outside, yeah. hundreds of kids, those are extra. They're just hoping to find a spot and the gym is already full. I I can't believe it. It's just, it's as a, again, as a cheesy alum, it's a remarkable thing being in that gym so many times where it was not full. It was quiet. The other team traveled too well and they were louder to see that kind of commitment. And then you guys keep, forcing them to have a bigger commitment because you keep winning. It's a really cool thing to see in person. Well, thank you. I mean, that means the world to us, obviously. And it's a, a credit to, you know, um, our board of trustees. It's a credit, credit to President Setlow and Ed Cole, his staff, and their commitment to trying to, to turn this into a home court advantage. And, you know, it's a credit to our staff, you know, Trey Woodall, Ron Ramon, and, Coach Paulson, Henry Lowe, Trey Morton, Dewan McMillan, Ty Goody. I mean, you, the list goes on and on. Will Braden, Will Divizio, Sutter Ergo. I, I can go on and all of our managers. Everybody has played a major role in what we've created here, but none more than our players. And honestly, 
um, it's because of them that these, these, these folks are coming in and cheering. And it's because of them um, that we have something to cheer about and that we're excited about because, you know, they're giving us everything they've got. Um, sometimes it might not look pretty, might not be a double digit win, but they're playing as hard as they possibly can. And they're finding results as, as um, a byproduct of just co- total buy-in and commitment to what we're asking them I to do. So I'm, you know, we're forever grateful for the players in that locker room and hopefully we can continue to get better, which we need to do, especially, you know, this coming Wednesday night for sure. Before we go any further, you've already mentioned Andrew O'Connell. I've got to apologize on his behalf and for me as well for two things. First of all, last time we were together, I mentioned low turnover numbers. Oh, you don't need to. I was already going to bring it up. I was yeah. already, as a matter of fact, this is no joke. Today we had a film session. I specifically mentioned your name and how okay. pissed off I was because <laughs> since then, I think we've led the nation, let alone the Atlantic 10. It, we went from best in the Atlantic 10 to, I think, worst in the nation yeah. the last few days. But all right. So that's fair, but this one, here's the second apology, and you don't know that I did this to you either. So at the game Saturday, I'm sitting up top, and I'm sitting next to Will DeVizio, and he's got, you know, he's logging the game video for you. And it had we had gotten some comments on the podcast of, we want people listening, we want more X's and O's. So I've been thinking of things to ask you about straight Uh-oh. basketball stuff. So one of the things I wanted to bring up, was the out of bounds play that you run where everyone starts out of bounds and then jumps on the court. And I wanted to ask the strategy behind that. You ran it once on Saturday, it worked. And I turned to Will and I go, can you tell me real quick, what's the point of that? He explains it and he goes, and I, I'm pretty sure it's worked every single time. And I go, I think it has too. And the next time it didn't work and they got a chance to almost tie the game. So I might have to walk away from this coach. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, I, uh, we stole that when we were at Penn state, everybody's afraid to do it. And now actually Chris Caputo has now stolen from us and he's running it now. Um, uh, it's my favorite. And, and quite honestly, it does work every time. And I don't need to ruffle any feathers to get fine, but it worked that time too. He was in bounds. He watched the film. He had stepped in bounds. It should never have been called. It, it is what it is. People make mistakes, human error. I don't know why they weren't able to, to go check it out on the film. I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I never even asked or still haven't because I don't complain. I, I'm not one of those coaches that calls the, the head of the referees. It does no good to me, right? So I, I figured, though, that they could watch and, and, and make a judgment call under two minutes. They should have been able to review an inbounds play. but. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't, or else they would have seen that Antrell Charlton did step back in bounds before touching the ball, and there should have been no issue at all. Game over. But um, we call it Omaha in honor of Peyton, Peyton Manning. Um, it's very difficult to, 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 to defend because it's very difficult to um, maintain ball you man position as a defender in those scenarios. So you should be able to at least get the ball inbound. We only run that when we're up and the opposing team has to foul us or has to at least try to get one trap and then foul us because we're winning and there's only so many seconds. We don't run that play with two minutes to go. We don't run, you know, it's typically under a minute when we have the lead and we know they have to foul us and we're just trying to get the ball inbounds. Um, so that's that's kind of our strategy behind that. And it's, it's very difficult to defend because – you just can't maintain your ball, you man position as a result. But again, I'm hoping not a lot of teams 
buy into it and do it because not a whole lot do. We were watching some obscure film in the non-conference of Penn State, and I just fell in love with it. And I went to Patrick Chambers, and he wasn't into it. And he's just kind of had, you know, some coaches have their mind, have their inbounds plays. They, they know what works. And they stick with it. Well, during our interim year, Jim Ferry and I tried it. We were on the road at Nebraska and it worked every time. We didn't have a problem. We just kept doing it. And I'm like, well, why would it's it's very difficult to guard. Um, so, you know, I, I don't if you haven't noticed, we don't really care what we look like. And, um, you know, that's a Jay Wright model. We don't care what we look like. And the players who never care about what they look like, they just play so hard. Like Darius Quisenberry, he's hitting the ground. He might kick the ball off his leg into the second row, but he doesn't care what he looks like. He doesn't – it's not about that. It's just about doing whatever it takes to win the game. And it's not going to be pretty all the time. But, you know, if the outcome is what it is, then, you know, that's all we're looking for. So Darius, Khalid Moore on Saturday, again, not to look ahead to game stuff, but it's also senior day coming up for those two guys, their last game inside the Ruse Hill gym. Is there, will there be special stuff for you with the team beforehand? Is there a dinner? Is there a chance for the, how do you, how do you handle kind of, you know, the end of the road for, for those guys? Well, I, just real quick, and I'll go back to that because it's, it, it's still bothering me. So what happened also <laughs> is the referee shouldn't have done what he did. We wanted to start the ball in Entrell's hands him pass it to Kyle step back in right instead what should have never have happened the referee without Kyle or anybody asking handed the ball to Kyle he had to get it so now Kyle already had it so that removes the play so now he threw it to Antrell then Antrell was like wait and he threw it back to Kyle it was supposed to start with Antrell throw it to Kyle step back in and uncontested so yeah. the whole thing was screwed up because the referees handed the ball to someone they shouldn't have Shouldn't have been up to them. We were allowed to grab the ball. Anyway, moving on. Well, I also so, think, too, that both of them looking confused makes the referees complete. think they did something wrong, too. Exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, as far as senior night, um, we will do something. Um, it, it is scheduled on the court for our seniors um, Friday night. They don't know this, um, but it will be a tradition that we start here as, as far as – as long as I'm as the head coach. We will do something privately at our meal prior to um prior to the game where it's just our team our people um and i will have them specifically stand up and and speak um well i guess i'm getting it all the way right now so uh but uh that's all right um they will i, I will ask them to get up and and speak on their behalf um thank the folks that they want to thank give their experience try to instill some some wisdom to the younger guys, the people that are going to continue this program moving forward. Um, and then Saturday. So it'll be kind of them saying goodbye to whoever they'd like to say goodbye to and having their moment. And then Saturday will be a dedication in that arena to them for their sacrifices in front of the home crowd. I got to be honest with you. I'm not big on doing things before the game. Mm. Um, most coaches aren't because most of the time, kids get anxious and they want to, they're just, they want to perform. It's, it's not, it's not because they, they're, they're, they're trying to do something or be selfish. They're just as a result of it being, it's an emotional situation. They want to uh, perform at such a high level that sometimes they tend to press and be anxious. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but it's, it's, it's catch 22 because if things didn't go your way, well, then the celebration becomes really somber afterwards. So you can't yeah. really win either way. So we choose to do it beforehand and hope 
that, you know, what happened, I guess, um, who did I just watch? Oh, Maryland. I watched Maryland do their senior night yesterday, and all five seniors had, like, almost career nights against Northwestern. That's a dream come true. I'm hoping that happens with Khalid and Darius yeah. uh, on, on Saturday. But we'll do something really special the night before as a program, and then we'll do really, obviously, in front of the fans and, and for them and their families in the arena. We speak so much, you and I, between this and, and pregame conversations. I don't know if I've asked you this on this show or just in our normal, again, before game kind of sit down. But Khalid was great at a conference. Then there's a little bit maybe of a time where he'd got to get a reacclimated away 10 play. And now he's finishing so strong. Has it gotten to the point where he's actually done more for you than you expected when, when you signed him back in the summer? Yeah, you know what? I got to be honest with you. We didn't know what to expect, right? So when you bring in a kid who's all of a sudden asked to play a major role um, and be more of a Batman or a Robin as opposed to just kind of someone who's just on the court, you know, setting screens, making passes, and just finds the ball in his hands every once in a while, you never know how they're going to react. Um, he's taking it to a whole nother level. He's raised the bar for a number of guys that come in after him, like Elijah Gray and Patrick Kelly or anybody for that matter. Um, he has definitely taken, um, you know, the reins and, and given us everything he's got from an energy standpoint. He's playing the best defense he's ever has in, in his entire career. He's playing harder than he ever has in his entire career. I think he's bought in and cares more than he ever has in his entire career, which he'll state. Um, he's just, you know, his energy is length. It's so dynamic on the defensive end, let alone the offensive end. So, um, and he's shooting the ball at a much better clip and certainly more consistently from the perimeter than he has in his entire career. So now with the ability to knock down those open shots, which he did the other night, now he can put it on the floor. Now you can go inside out and, and they really struggle to catch up to him. So that's the emotion of this coming weekend. Last weekend, the 70-71 team was back in the Bronx. Charlie Yellowton's number gets retired. What did? And I know you guys spent time with them. They were on the court with you. There was an event the night before the game. What did your guys take away from kind of going down Fordham's memory lane there? Yeah, you know what? We, we recruit and we talk about, you know, for, we play for those who came before us. And, you know, as we talk about the tradition of Fordham basketball, there is a tradition here. It just needs to be pulled back up from the weeds, honestly. Um, but there are tremendous teams that have played here, people that are incredibly passionate about this program that have that have given their blood, sweat and tears, um, you know, throughout their three, four, five years here beforehand. And we want to make sure we honor those folks. And it was an incredible opportunity for our players to mingle with superstars in their day and also alumni who want to give back to those players. Now those folks are in position of hiring, whether or not it's in a business or whether or not it's coaching overseas. Yelverton's been involved with professional basketball in Italy for, since he left here. He's been living there for 50 years. His connections are going to help someone from this program. I don't know who, I don't know when, but that's invaluable. And those connections that we made, we spent time with them the night before, which was unbelievable to hear some of their stories, the connection they have. And it just, so we talk a lot about right now, enjoy this moment because you'll never be with this group of guys again you might be with 75 percent of them hopefully right but you'll never play with Darius Quisenberry Clint Morgan you don't know if the staff will stay intact maybe one or two guys will have to go somewhere you just never know what's going to happen right right so we need to understand that this particular team we have to take advantage of it and appreciate every last waking minute these guys come back after 50 years some from overseas and from all over they continue to keep in touch 
they were laughing and smiling. You never forget those moments and their, their relationships. Some of them are best friends for life. It's great for our guys to understand. Do not take this for granted. These are some of the people that you will remain close to for the rest of your life. Some of you will be best men at each other's weddings and you don't even know it. Some of you might get into a business together. It's, you just never know, could be a godparent of one of your teammates currently in this locker room's first children. You just don't know. And for them to see that and see how close those folks were and to see the pride they took in being back in that gym was really special for our guys. And not just a great recruiting tool, but something that we can hang our hat on and say, look, this is the tradition. We want to continue moving this forward and really make this somewhat annual with guys coming back more and more alumni and next players coming back, supporting the program. So our younger guys can see what their future could potentially hold. And then what about guys that just left? I mean, Shuba was back recently. So what's it like for the guys to see him just come back in general and also, you know, him playing and making money yeah. off, of, off the game. It's fantastic because they come back. Hey, when you're playing, you never want to come back. You can't wait to get out of here. You say, Oh, I can't wait. And I'm never, you know, I don't, I can't wait. I'll never come back. Every single kid leaves and then they want to come back because they realize how incredible their time was here. Because once you go out in that real world, life is a little bit different. You know, your hand isn't being held nearly as much. So it's great reminder for our current guys to enjoy again, every single moment. And Shuba was great with our guys telling them, look, I'm just telling you, I can't wait to go to training table. Wait, what's for training table? Before, while you're here, you hate training table. Oh, I'm gonna go. You know, now you come back and wait a second. I don't have to pay for a meal. I'm gonna go to training table, right? So, um, it, it, and Josh Navarro and other, we've yeah. had a couple of ex Nova players come through and talk to the teams, and ex Pitt guys come through. It's great for former players who are currently playing professionally or out of the business or in the coaching world to come back and just continue to mentor our current guys. They need to hear from older guys. So we get back to the to the present now. And again, you're sitting here at 23 and six. You've got two regular season games left. You're in position to have a double buy in the 8 10 20, which is a remarkable Gosh. achievement for this program. I he did it again. He strikes again, Andrew. He strikes again. We can edit it. Let's just take that out. I'm Let's just go straight to Brooklyn. Three, two, on and one. So we'll go back to the present. We're sitting here with 23 wins. Um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you, you live in a world now where you need to talk about your team's resume. So whether whatever postseason bodies listening is going to listen and know more about 23 and six. So what, what in your mind right now, what's the selling point of your resume that doesn't come up in net ratings or Ken Palm or anything like that? Wins and losses. The job is to win games and we didn't play anybody, but division one teams. Um, we have 23 wins and six losses. We have 11 wins in conference, several on the road. I mean, I just, uh, there is no real resume builder for us. It's not going to matter, unfortunately. But, you know, you, you take a look at our guys. We have high major players that are transfers that played in the Big Ten, that played in the ACC. We're not just your normal so-called mid-major. We've got guys who not only played at the highest levels, but we're very successful at those levels. And then a bunch of guys that could play on high major teams and start all over the country. So we passed the eye test. We're winning basketball games in a tremendous conference. Like, you know, I just, I find it funny that some teams in that are below 500 in league because they play in a specific league are on the bubble last four in last four. We're not even mentioned anywhere yet. They're below 500 in, in leagues that quite honestly aren't even remotely close 
to as good as they have been in the past. And I don't want to name any specific leagues, but I there are some leagues that bottom half of those leagues are the worst they've been in 30 years. You can go up and down and you can even ask their coaches that are currently coaching that league, right? No offense, but I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to get into specifically, but <laughs> there are leagues that are going to get eight, nine teams in. Right. In, in leagues that are not nearly as good as they've been in the past. And they didn't get nine teams in during those years. So I'm, I'm a little confused because more, the, the idea of the transfer portal was, okay, now parity in college basketball, you have mid to low major teams that are going to be better than they ever have yet. Nobody's looking at the mid to lower teams. They're still looking at high major teams that are bottom half under 500 when you have mid-major teams with high-level transfers and mature guys with great teams that aren't getting any looks. It doesn't make any sense. It's a better tournament when you have some so-called underrated teams. You know, if, if you have 23 wins in Division One basketball, 24 wins in Division One basketball, and you didn't have any of those wins against Division Two or Division Three programs, there is absolutely no way you haven't earned the right to potentially have an opportunity to play in the greatest show on college earth. And if you say it's about student athletes, our kids have done everything they've been asked to do in a league that is considered top seven or eight best leagues every single year against some of the best coaches in the country, some of the best traditions in the country, best fan bases in the country. And you'd rather see the ninth or 10th best team in a high major program or high major league with below 500 or 500 in their league instead of this, you, you'd really rather see that? No. If you ask any fan across college basketball, they'd rather see Fordham in the NCAA tournament and believe they've earned the right than, say, the 10th team in the ACC or the Big 12, right, or the Big 10. No offense yeah. to those teams. I'm not trying to discredit them. But it's just it doesn't make for a great show. It's it's the truth. What are always the greatest stories during March Madness? It's the Loyola Chicago's. It's the George Mason's. It's the VCU's. So why would you want to reward some of those programs like the Northwesterns? Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you want to reward those programs, those coaching staffs, those student athletes? I, I just don't comprehend. It. But yeah. anyway. I I think it's true for you. I think it's true for teams who are having great years in the traditional one bid leagues who maybe get tripped up somehow in their conference tournament and they're not going to get in as an at-large. Like you, Those are the schools that should get in over, like you said, I don't need a 10th team that has a nondescript 17 and 13 season out of a power and they conference. Have, and, they have, and they have, oh, five quad one wins. Oh, because you say that their, their quad one wins are against in-league opponents well when you play 20 league games you're bound to knock off some teams or teams are bound to get knocked off like and those count as quad one wins well uh, go beat someone outside that are quad once a number if you look at half of the quad one games of all the teams that are on the bubble they're always in conference or the fact that you 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 uh, vote and and rate what happened in November and early December as opposed to February is mind-boggling. Teams are so much better now than they were in November, December, regardless. That should be rewarded. That means the chemistry is connected and now they're playing. Maybe they're much more healthy now and now they're playing at a high level. 
Like, so how you penalize teams for what they did in November when half their team was brand new or whatever it might be, or you reward teams for November who aren't playing at the same level in February. It doesn't make any sense. No, I, I don't understand. So and what you're telling me is November's games and December's games mean more to the committee than February's. What? That doesn't right. make – you want the best product at the end of the year. The teams that are playing the best at the end of the year have the right to play in the biggest tournament at the end of the year. And I don't as, get it. You're not taking the best teams. So don't say that's what you're doing. And as you've said more than once on this, on this podcast, those November, December games are also hard for you to find the ones that the, the committee would want you to have played and won. They won't teams, play. Teams won't say yes to you. Case in point, no disrespect. This has nothing to do with my, my history, but there is a team in our league who's number one in our conference who had a home and home schedule with a high major program in the big 10. They were supposed to play them at home this year, and it was canceled. They paid them whatever. They paid them to, to, to not have to go. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, because nobody wants to go play Atlantic 10 team. Nobody's going to play home and homes. So we have to – we and we're penalized because we have to take those games according to whoever. We got to go on the road, and we have to do that. So we have the only chance we're going to get is to have to beat – high major teams early in the year on the road or else we're, we're penalized, but they're not going to sign a deal where they're going to come back here and play in Rose thrill. I can promise you that, especially now nobody's going to come in here and play in this gym. Nobody. It would be suicide. St. John's won't even do it in the garden or in the Barclays. Do you think they're going to come in here? No, nobody's going to do that. Why would they, they They get 20 games plus a multi-team event? They're at 24, 25. They got the Gavit games, the Big Ten ACC or the SEC, Big 12, whatever it is. They're already at 24 or 25 games before they even look at the six games they got to fill in non-conference. They're not going to go and play a team on the road that they could potentially lose to. They need wins. It's just not going to happen. And it's going to get worse and worse because you're going to jump from 20 to 22 you're, you're not going to go down. They're not going to go from 20 to 18 league games. They're just going to go up to 22 at some point. So it's mm -hmm. going to be less and less opportunities for the mid-majors like us. And it just, it, it's, the system doesn't make any sense. Right. And there was a, what an A-10 Mountain West alignment, but that doesn't exist anymore. Do you need help from the conference level to find, to find games? We've talked about that and, you know, we, we'd love the opportunity to do that, but, Again, nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to do it with the A-10. They just don't. So, and, and even Rick Pitino said earlier this year in, a, in an article, why would an Atlantic 10 team want to play Iona? You know, Travis Ford did it because he, he should, you know, because he played for Rick Pitino. And Rick Pitino, you know, that, yeah. that, that kind of made sense. But I know he didn't want to. I'm sure he regretted it. I'm sure he regretted it. You know, so like, and, and even Rick Pitino said, like, what? It, doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense for an Atlantic 10 team to want to play Iona. So lose-lose, you're supposed that level's supposed to beat the Mac. But if they don't, even though there's ridiculously good talent in the Mac, it's a lose-lose. If you lose, you're 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 crushed. If you win, well, you're supposed to win. Right. You can't win. All right. Well, we've gotten you sufficiently fired up. I've put the new jinx <laughs> out there as well. So let's just let's cut our losses now and say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get myself in any more trouble. <laughs> Uh, coach, as always, uh, this was this was great. Congrats on again Saturday, and best of luck this week. And we'll talk to you at, at some point after the regular season.
Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And again, this Saturday, last home game, senior day. Um, you know, I know there was hundreds of students turned away. Hopefully those students get an opportunity. Get here early or else there won't be a ticket. It is already sold out. So there's only student tickets left. Get here early. Create the crazy energy during warm-ups. It psychs teams out. We're going to need every ounce of energy moving forward. Um, so thank you very much. But let's we have a statement here. It says thoroughbreds finish. We're down the back stretch. We need this crowd to be as raucous as it ever has. So thank you so much. All right. So for Coach, for Andrew O'Connell, I'm Andrew. This podcast, all other episodes available in all the usual spots as well. And we'll talk to you back here soon on the Keith Ergo Show. Go Rams! Thank you.